0: The game we were all waiting for. Kay Cunningham versus Clarence Green finally happened, and our guy ended up on top after a win against Houston 112, 104. We'll talk about everything that happened in this game and the matchup between the number one and number two overall picks in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons Podcast. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. You can find the podcast over on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button over there if you haven't already. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year, so go support the podcast over at YouTube. We'd really appreciate it. And also, thank you for making Lockdown Business your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And today, obviously, we are going to be talking about the game from last night against Clarence Green and the Houston Rockets. The Pistons were able to pull this one out 112 to 104. Obviously, the big matchup was between the number one and number two overall picks. Kay Cunningham had his first 20 point game of the season. He had 20 points, eight of 18 shooting, four of eight from deep. He had four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. He played really good today. I think that was probably his best game of the season, most efficient game of the season. Uh, he was able to get his outside shot to start going. Um, definitely. Showed up for the matchup against Clarence Green. Um, and But Jeremy Grant, he went off for 35 points. He had 12, uh, shot 12 of 23 from the field, four of nine from deep. He had five rebounds, three assists, two blocks. Uh, this was a, the first half of this game was not, <coughs> excuse me. First half of this game was not that entertaining to watch. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I tweeted out that, you know, I apologize to everybody for for this game being on national TV. Because it was just, it was very, very poor game in the first half. Uh, In the second half, I decided to heat up a little bit more, was a little bit more fun to watch. Uh, Jeremy Grant went off for 16 or 18 in the third quarter. Uh, That made it a lot more fun to watch. But when it comes to the matchup between the two rookies, uh, I thought they both had their moments, obviously. Uh, Green ended up with 23 points in this game. He shot 8 of 20 from the field, 3 of 11 from deep. Um, he, He had his moments. Uh, he definitely hit some shots that were, that were interesting. Uh, and everyone will know if you watch the game, it tends to start to rise a little bit when Jalen Green got a dunk along the baseline, turned around, screamed at Kay Cunningham, called him boy, uh, ended up getting teed up. Uh, but something I thought was absolutely hilarious is that after the game, Kay Cunningham was asked about this and James Edwards, the tweeted this out. It says, Kate, I'm players talking trash. He says, Nothing I heard tonight held any real weight. It was off of the gam- cameras, I thought, which is absolutely hilarious. Is it's just so on cue for, <clears throat> so on cue for what what Cade's about, and really what Jalen Green's about. Because uh, at a certain point in this game, it definitely felt like that. It It looked like it was more important. The one v one between Jalen Green and and, and Kay Cunningham was more important to to the Houston rookie than it was the Pistons guy. Uh Cade, throughout the talk, the screaming at him, he didn't really respond. Uh, I believe at one point the camera flashed over to Cade and Cade was just turning around and smiling at him. Uh, so Cade never really like fed into it at all. Uh, that, I thought another thing that was funny, Cade sent like a couple su- subtle shots at, at him after the game. Uh, Cade posted a picture on Instagram uh, right after the game of him when he took a charge on Jalen Green towards the end of the game. Uh, he got called for a charge, and Jalen Green was a little hurt afterwards. Uh, he he posted a picture of him on the ground with his his all of his teammates helping him up, and while they're helping him up, literally right next to Cade is Jalen Green holding his arm or whatever he's hurt. So it's all the Pistons and Cade on the ground getting helped up while Jalen Green's on the ground next to him, and he had no caption to it. So I thought I thought that was pretty funny as well. Um, Cade Cade, uh, that sounds like the. I don't think Cade was going to entertain the trash truck obviously on the court, but uh, you know, he definitely got his shots in after the game. I feel like, uh, but yeah, I, Cade, he, I feel like he looked the same way he did all season. He created space for his jumpers. He created space on his looks. Uh, just the difference tonight was he actually was able to hit these shots. Uh, I was on locked on today and they asked me, you know, what was different about Cade tonight? Uh, there was nothing different in my opinion. I think Cade looked really like how he looked all season he was, Creating the space he wanted, he was getting the shots he wanted. Just tonight, he's another game of knocking out, knocking off the rust. And he's making more outside shots. So I don't think he looked any different. I don't think it was anything you know too crazy that we haven't seen before from Cade already. Just the difference was he actually was hitting it this time. Um <coughs> excuse me. You guys know I've been sick. I'm I'm fine through it for you guys, I'm trying my hardest. Um, but yeah, don't think it was anything different from Cade. Uh, I, I think he has some improvements that he needs to make. Obviously he had four turnovers in this game. I didn't like that. He had one turnover late to Isaiah Stewart where the game was up in the air and he tried to throw a home run pass to Isaiah Stewart underneath the basket, do him like a Matthew Stafford hot pass. Uh, and, and Isaiah Stewart just not going to be able to cap- be capable of, of handling that kind of pass. He turned the ball over in uh, that kind of situation. You don't really want to go for something like that. Stay with the easy passes. Stick with, stick with, uh, you know, just, getting a good look don't take a chance like that with the game up in the air so I think that's an area that he can improve on turnovers and late game decisions like that with the ball in his hands <clears throat> but I thought he did a good job in in another area down the stretches you know he hit a shot for the Pistons to really like give him a lead and, and and give him some cushion down the stretch he was able to get a spinning layup to hit with about I think minute and a half two minutes left to go uh it gave the Pistons, I believe a three-point lead so he definitely answered the call late. He answered the call throughout the game. Uh, he looked good. I, I'm not going to sit here and troll. Green had his moments, but I think Cade Cunningham proved tonight and, and showed tonight uh, why he was the number one overall pick against this number two overall pick. Like uh, And Cade, he only had three assists, but really he had, he should have had like 10 assists. It, it The Pistons can't hit nothing, bro. They can't hit shots. And Kade got the Pistons like multiple wide open shots. They just can't hit them. So he really should have had like 20-8. and Uh, But we're going to talk about that later on in the podcast. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit of Jeremy Grant's game, about how well he played. And then we're going to talk about everything else, which is majority negative. I know the Pistons won this game, uh, but it was against the other one-win team. um, And the Pistons didn't play good at all, I don't feel like. And there's a lot of bad to be taken away from this game, to be honest. Um, (coughs) But we'll talk about that when we come back. From the ad break, but first, let me tell you about one of our po- our, our sponsors, Bear Line AG. We're back in better than ever, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Better Line, we made your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, any chill boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bend all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Also, go check us out on YouTube. We're sitting around 440 subscribers. We're trying to get to a thousand by the end of the year. Even if you don't want to watch the podcast over on YouTube, simply support the podcast. <coughs> simply support the podcast over on YouTube by hitting the subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. Um, also, just to give you guys a little heads up, I recorded the podcast. You guys may be wondering why is this podcast coming out a little bit later than it usually does. Well, I recorded the podcast right after the game yesterday. Um, and the audio was completely messed up and I didn't have time to do it yesterday, so I had to wake up early the following day and get it out. So that's why it's a little bit later than usual. I apologize for that. Uh, and also I, I'm going to continue to apologize because I know my voice sounds messed up and the, the coughing every now and then isn't, isn't attractive. Uh, I'm, I'm still dealing with this sickness. I'm fighting through it, trying to get this. Hopefully I start feeling better sooner or later. It's this, this sucks. Um, but anyways, let's get back into this game. Uh, Jeremy Grant had 35 points, 12 or 23 shooting from the field. <coughs> I thought Jeremy, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, that Jeremy looks a lot better when he lets the game come to him. Now, I'm not saying he didn't have his moments tonight where he ISOed or, you know, he had his pull-up jumpers. He did. But I think it all started with him letting the game come to him, playing off of the ball handlers, you know, moving around without the ball. That's where he's at his best. And he looked like that tonight because of that. Uh, He got heated from, from, from those shots. And then eventually he started feeling himself a little bit. He started taking a little bit more of those pull-up jumpers. He started isoing a little bit more. Uh, I still, I'm still, i still not a fan of him taking the pull-up jumpers, those long twos. I'm, I just don't like the long twos. Uh, I like him when he isos and he goes to the basket, like with his left-hand dunk at the end of the half. I thought that was exactly what he should do every time he isos, just take the guy to the basket and draw fouls or finish at the rim. Uh, but he had a tremendous game. <coughs> He was really active on the defensive end as well. He had that one chase down block on, uh, I believe it was Christopher at the rim, which was, he. if you were listening to the game, you yeah, the game turned up. You heard some uh, some some swear words shouted in his direction after Jeremy Grant blocked him. But it was an insane block. But yeah, Jeremy, I thought had a great game. And I think when he lets the game come to him, he'll be a great piece for this team, obviously. It's just, I think the Pistons need, if they can – I think they need to be do a better job of trying to hone this in. And I don't know if it's Jeremy himself or if it's the play calling. I know – you guys know who Bryce is of Motor City Hoops. He mentioned on Twitter he tweeted at me that he doesn't think that these isos that, these long, drawn-out isos that Jeremy takes off these handoffs are really drawn-out. I think it's more to get him downhill, and Jeremy just chooses to make him drawn-out. So, on those plays, I think he needs to do a better job of just doing what he was so good at tonight, is letting the game t- come to him and getting to the rim. <coughs> and. I think if he does that, he'll continue to have a good season, and he continues to play really well when he plays with Kay Cunningham. So I, I think, like I said, I think Jeremy will be a good piece for this team. Uh, he had a tremendous game, hopefully that gives him going throughout the season. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked what we saw from Jeremy yesterday. it was it was a great game by him. Um, give me just one second, let me get this drink of water. I, need, I the the water is the only thing saving me. But outside of Cade and Jeremy Grant, there literally, I don't feel like, as many positives at all outside of them. Uh, there's, there's three places we're going to go, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. The first place we're going to go is one of the players off the bench. I had one of you guys tweet at me and say, "Ku, I know you have tough conversations about other players when, they're, when, it, when it's time to talk about them. Uh, there's This player, I think it's time to have a tough conversation about him. And you guys were 100% right. Frank Jackson. Frank Jackson, literally, I'm not sure he's doing anything for the Pistons right now. He's playing awful, like just flat awful for the Pistons. And, you know, you guys know that I was a fan of Frank Jackson coming into the season. You guys know that I thought highly of him uh, coming into the season. You guys know, you know, in the offseason, I talked about how much of a role he'll play for the Pistons this year. But that's absolutely not been the case through 10 games. He's shooting 34% from the field, 21% from deep, 62% from the free throw line. 42.7 42.7 true shooting percentage. We're talking about Stanley Johnson type of true shooting percentage here. Um, and he's not, he's not providing anything else for the Pistons. He's a shot hunter. He's a shot chucker, which is fine. If you're playing the way he did last year, where he's <coughs> one of the Pistons main scorers, one of the Pistons best scorers off the bench. He's providing a spark off the bench. and He's really good at it. When you're doing that, every team needs someone who can go get themselves a bucket. And he was that last year. And the Pistons honestly really need that this year. They need a guy who can do that outside of Cade and every now and then Jeremy Grant. Uh, and Frank just hasn't shown up at all. So I think at this point, the Pistons on Friday should look at trying to get Hemadu Diallo some minutes instead of Frank Jackson. It's been 10 games now. Of Frank Jackson is not playing well. I don't think anybody else on the team besides maybe Corey Joseph, we'll talk about him as well next, but I don't feel like anybody outside of them two And maybe like Jeremy Grant, obviously, but would be able to play this awful for 10 straight games. And continue to get minutes off the bench. I, I I know I know that Hamadou Diallo isn't exactly uh an outside shooter or anything. And I know that he's had his struggles, but he should he should at least be given a chance to take the minutes because Frank Jackson's not providing anything, and he's actually been a net negative on the court. He doesn't provide defense, he's not providing playmaking, he's not providing smart decisions. He's going and looking for a shot, and he's not hitting anything this year at all. It's really bad. Uh, I hope he turns around at some point this season. Could you guys, again, you guys know how high I was on Frank Jackson, but at this point it's, there's no way that you can continue playing him. I feel like at, at, after 10 games of playing this awful, you have to make, you have to at least bench him and, and make him like, you know, I don't want to say punish him, but like, you know, give someone else a shot to take his minutes. Cause he's not doing it right now. He's just not. So at least get, I think we should give him to Diallo a chance. See if he can p- play better than he was at the end of the season. Provide some defense, maybe finish at the rim a little bit more. I mean, I mean what the what's the shot? I mean, what what's, what, what are you going to lose outside shooting? You weren't getting it anyways. So it's I, I just think that Frank needs to be uh, needs to be benched at this point. Uh, he'll get his chance again after he gets benched. You'll, you'll give him another chance at some point. But <coughs> right now, I think he has to get benched. It's just he's he's playing too bad. It's it's he has to be benched. Then that takes us to another player, Corey Joseph. Outside the first two minutes of the fourth quarter where he hit his only two shots of the game, this by far, I feel like was the worst game of Corey Joseph's career. (laughs) That may be a little bit of a stretch, but definitely this season, it was all, he was putrid tonight. He had five turnovers in 16 minutes. You're a veteran point guard, the backup point guard, only because you're supposed to take care of the ball and lead by example. If you're having five turnovers in those limited minutes, you're not doing either of those things. You're playing awful and you're not doing the main thing you're supposed to be doing. I think after a game like this, and really I don't feel like Corey Joseph's played good at all this season to begin with any other game. I don't feel like he's really been that good, <coughs> but specifically add to this game of playing this awful either. I think two things need to happen for Friday. Uh, Either one, you call up Saban Lee and let Saban Lee take some of his backup minutes and give Saban Lee a chance, or two, which is what I've been asking for for the longest. Simply stagger Killian and Cade. You know, keep one of them on the floor at all times as your point guard. It's really, I don't think it's hard to do. I think it's very easy to pull it off. Uh, I I don't know why they don't do it. Uh, they were taught Dwayne Casey and the staff talked about doing it before the season started. I don't think we've really seen that at all uh, so far this season. I I, I don't get it. I think that's the main thing they should be doing. But if they don't want to do that, I think they should call up Saban Lee and let him get some of the minutes because Corey Joseph just hasn't been good. And this game was putrid. Just this game was really bad by him, like really, really bad. Uh, five turnovers is insane for any player, but five turnovers in like 16 minutes—that—that that you're you're turning the ball over what like 173 minutes? That's 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 awful. That's that's really bad. So I, I don't think. Frank Jackson, Corey Joseph should get playing time on Friday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think they should give other guys a shot. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that in the comment section down below or in the reviews down below or over at Twitter at Kuki Hill. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think on Friday we should see some different guys get a chance. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about another one of these players who who is struggling a little bit and whether it's time to be a little bit worried about him. Uh, find out which player that is at, when we come back from the break. But first, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, McDonald's. This episode of Lockdown Pistons is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Winner or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, and the away team can come to recharge. It's a place where you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I told you guys this multiple times. When me and my fiance, Megan, went on a road trip a few weeks ago to Chicago, the first place we stopped at was McDonald's to get the McDonald's breakfast because it's just that good. You guys have to go try it out. Wake up a little bit earlier. Go check it out. I'm telling you, the sausage can cheese McMuffins, they're worth it. So go ahead to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. So we've talked about Corey Joseph, who struggles. we talked about Frank Jackson, who struggled. There's another player who struggled so far for the Pistons and I'm not nowhere near him. He's not going to be on the same. He's not on the same level of like saying, take minutes away from him. no, that he's not on that level. Um, But I, I guess maybe I should shout out some of these other guys on, that played yesterday before we talk about him. Isaiah Stewart dealt with foul trouble all night. Uh, I feel like a couple of his co- foul calls were definitely questionable, but still, I think he needs to be smarter about when you, when you start picking up fouls, what to do and what not to do, knowing that you may not get the favorable wh- whistle, maybe not, you know, try to, take that blocking chance or maybe not try to contest that guy at the rim. Maybe, you know, sometimes you just have to make a business decision. And I think that's – I think Isaiah Stewart can use this night as a way to learn about that. He only played 15 minutes. Uh, It sucks for him. Uh, He got teed up because he got really mad after one of them. Uh, I don't blame him. It it looked like it was a clean block. Uh, But, yeah, I think this is a learning experience for Isaiah Stewart. Moving forward, I don't think he's had much of a problem with fouls this season. Uh, Killian Hayes only had four shots this game. I feel like he – I, it has to do something with his hand. I think it has to be because he has that wrap on his left uh, left thumb. Because on offense, they literally just put him off ball. He didn't touch the ball really at all tonight. Uh, I know that people will say, well, he's doing that because he's playing with K. No, they, like when him and K have played together, yes, Kay- Killian has played off ball, which has been doing good. But he's also played off ball, on ball as well. Like they've done a good job interchanging it a lot. Tonight, he literally did not do anything on ball. Like they kept him away from the ball. So I have to assume it's because he still has that wrap on his left thumb. And maybe they didn't want him, you know, maybe he's not comfortable yet doing it with that, with that injury. So I have to assume it's because of that. Uh, so I'm not going to read too much in the Killian's game. I thought he did great defensively And Kevin Porter Jr. Who shot four of 11 on the field. Uh, he was really frustrating the hell out of him. And I thought Josh Jackson had a really good game off the bench, played composed. He had eight points, eight rebounds, four assists. I thought this was one of his best games of the entire season. I really liked what he did off the bench tonight, really composed, played great defense, uh, good decisions with the ball, took the right shots. I really, really liked what I saw from Frank J- uh, Josh Jackson tonight. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about the player who I think it's time to be a little bit worried about. And that's Sadiq Bey. Now, I'm not going to talk about Sadiq Bey being worried about him because he's taking too many twos or that, you know, not, or not because he's taking too many twos or looking for too many shots inside the arc or trying to do too much with the ball. No, that's not why I'm worried about him. Even though he is throwing steady decline. Each game we talked about this in the last podcast, he's throwing steady decline in that area. That's not too big of a deal to me. I've showed you guys that, you know, he's going to have a rookie or sophomore slump, you know, a full season. He's going to go like this. He's going to go up, down, up, down right now. He's in the middle of a down phase. I want to see him if he can get back up in that area. So that's part. I know it's part of his development season. That's not what I'm worried about. Uh, if he, if he becomes good at it at the end of the seat, by the end of the season. Okay. If he continues to struggle at it, then we'll know, but I, I'm okay with finding that out. What I'm worried about is his outside shooting. Sadiq, his bread and butter and what he was drafted for and what he's supposed to be absolutely elite at is an outside shooting. I've told you guys multiple times, the Pistons desperately need the outside shooting and the catch and shoot guy who's able to shoot 40% from deep that they had in city. The they need that guy. Do they want the guy who can also do a little bit more? Absolutely. They want him to be able to do a little bit more, but first and foremost, they need that guy who's able to hit outside shots. We're 10 games into the season. He's shooting 27% from deep. Now, Listen, it's an A-2 game season. He very likely will turn around because there's just too much evidence of him being a great shooter for him not to turn it around. However, 10 games is a lot. 10 games straight of being bad from outside, that's a lot of games to to be this consistently bad from outside. And now, you know, it wasn't happening so much at the very beginning of the season, but it's happening now where he's actively passing up open shots. He's, he's This is becoming a trend now. We've said this multiple times in the podcast, I feel like over the past week or so, that he's running away from open threes. He's not taking open threes. He's hesitating an open three. He's pump faking and then sidestepping into a contested three. He's, you know, catching the ball, having open three hesitates. Defender comes out, he'll give him a jab set, then take a contested three, which he misses. There was a play last night where the Houston Rockets were running a zone. Kaelin Hayes got the ball in the right wing, went to whip it quick to a wide open Sadiq Bain in the corner. And Sadiq Bay is running from the three-point line. He's cutting to the rim. That's that. I, that's not like Sadiq. That's not what the Sadiq we saw from last year. So, not only is he struggling on hitting the shots from beyond the arc, he's also struggling to simply take these shots confidently. And he's, he. It looks like he doesn't know what to do right now. It looks like he's hesitating. He's a little. He's second guessing himself. Um, and this is ten games into the season. It's becoming like at first it was just he's missing shots. Now you're starting to compound multiple things on this outside shot. First is he's not hitting his shots. He's just not hitting them. Then it was, okay, now he's hesitating in open threes. Then it was, he's simply not taking open threes. Last night he was running away from open threes. So now it's, I, I think it's time to be a little bit worried. Now, again, like I said, he has too much of a history of being a great shooter. So he's very likely to turn this around. I'm going to continue to say that. He's very likely to turn this around. There's no way that someone who has the history of him being a good shooter to be this bad right now, so he'll eventually get better at it. I, obviously, I think it has to be likely that he turns it around. However, after ten straight games of playing of shooting this poorly from beyond the arc and multiple issues starting to compound himself in that same area, I definitely think it's time for for fans and everyone alike to just be like paying attention to it. Legit now, everyone needs needs to be watching that and seeing if like it gets better. He needs to stop hesitating. The Pistons desperately need his shooting. I'm not blaming. The All the Pistons shooting problems on Sadiq. I mean, everyone else is struggling shooting-wise, too. It's Frank Jackson isn't hitting anything. Kelly Olynyk before tonight, he shot 50% tonight. But before tonight, he wasn't shooting very well from beyond the arc either. Um, the Pistons' best catch and shoot guy, I feel like, this season has been Killian Hayes, uh, which is, speaks highly of Killian, how well he's uh, improved and how much he's worked. But that's not what they need. And Sadiq Bay was supposed to be their best shooter. So when your best shooter is taking nine threes in the game and only hitting two, He's taking six, seven threes a game and shooting 27%. He's not the the only reason why you're struggling, but he's definitely a main reason why you're struggling when he's one of your best volume shooters and he's just not shooting well through 10 games. Um, so again, do I think he's likely to turn around? Yeah. But I think 10 straight games is a large enough sample size to be like, okay, maybe we should be like watching this. This may be a little bit concerning. Uh, so that's, that's it. Um, I, like I said, I don't care about the Sadiq, you know, tr- testing out, getting to the rim. He had a really good stretch in the fourth quarter that I feel feel like m- probably won the Pistons a game. He scored like eight straight points for the Pistons, getting to the rim, drawing fouls, finishing around the rim. So I don't have a problem with him continuing to, to try to develop and use his, everything else in his game, his off-the-dribble game, trying to get to the rim. I don't, I don't have a problem with him doing that. If he struggles, he doesn't struggle. This is a development season for him. He looked good at the beginning of the season. He's struggling a little bit now with it. You know, it's up and down. I just want to, he has to go through the uh, sophomore slumps Go through the walls. I don't have a problem with that. My problem is the thing that's supposed to be his bread and butter. He's really struggling with. And I compared it on the podcast last time, and I had some of you guys tweet at me and actually compare it too to Svi Mykailuk last year, who you could clearly see he improved everything else in his game, but at no point last season did he ever bring back his bread and butter with his outside shooting. And Svi had a long, long history too of being a great shooter, and he just wasn't able to find it last year. It was weird. It was really, really weird. So. And it really hurts V because you could tell that he really improved everything else on his game. And the thing that made him such a – that would make him a lethal player wasn't there. So now all the other stuff he improved on didn't matter because people weren't really caring about his outside shot. I hope that doesn't happen to Sadiq this year. Uh, but we've seen weird things happen before. So I think it's time to be officially watching for it. Uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all I've got for you guys on today's podcast. Uh, I'm feeling really, really sick. Oh, God, dude, I hate this so much. Uh, but I hope it wasn't too bad. I hope this week wasn't too bad. I know my voice has sounded really bad. Uh, I'm trying to fight through it. Hopefully next week will sound a little bit better. But I hope – I think we'll bring an entertaining podcast this week. We have one more to go, but I hope I've done a good job through the sickness of entertaining you guys. But great game last night. Our guy gets to win against the number two overall pick. Uh, it was a fun game. Oh, I am apologize for that. Um, really fun game. Happy for it. Happy to watch it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back on Friday to preview the game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And until then, I'll see you guys later. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. And make sure you guys go check out Lockdown Fantasy Basketball with host (coughs) Josh Lloyd. If you're into fantasy basketball, make sure you go check out that podcast. He does a great job of giving you all the tidbits, who to start, who to bench, who to sign, all those kind of things. And until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Please pray for me that I get better or send me good wishes or whatever, because this sucks. I'll see you guys in the next one, guys. Peace out.